This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Man, we're going to kick off this series entitled, I Promise. And here's what we want to do over the next few weeks. We want to talk about some of the different promises of God. Here's what you need to know, that your Bible is full of promises from God. There's about 7,500 or so promises made by God to people. And, and man, we want to dive into a few of those. And it's just incredible uh, once you get start getting into it. So we'll do that. Let's pray, and then we'll begin. God, we love you, and I pray that now you speak to us. Speak to us in our hearts and open our ears that we may uh, see what you have for us today. We'll walk away being more encouraged. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. It's going to be a good one. So I'll be honest. i got to let you in on a little secret of who I am. And I'm a guy. I like a little bit of a heads up before I go into something. I don't know if you're like me, but, man, if you catch me in a conversation, we're talking about something on Amazon.com, which we just had Prime Deal, Prime Day. That was awesome. Anybody buy anything? No? All right, just me. So they came to my house every day. But uh, I loved it. And But here's the deal. If you ever catch me in conversation, here's what I would like from you. I would like, uh, if I'm talking about a product I want to buy and you already have that product and you don't like that product, I'm going to need you to say something, okay? I'm going to need you to give me a heads up. Let a brother know that, hey, this product is not good. Don't buy this. Don't think to yourself, oh, no. He'll figure it out, or maybe it's better for him than it is for me. I'm going to tell you right now, no. Please don't do that. Give a brother a heads up. Just let me know before I go and I buy it. After this service, it's a routine of mine. When I leave this stage, uh, I will pop a couple of these mints here. I'll drink a little bit of water because I don't want to assault anybody in the lobby uh, or any, you know, so I try to do my part, you know what I'm saying? And so people expect us as pastors to pray for them, not to assault them with our breath. And so I try to do that, but if you catch me slipping on a Sunday and you're like, yo, that, that didn't smell so good, Pastor Isaiah, let a brother know. Can you give me a heads up? Okay, like just commit with me. You're going to give me a heads up. Just let me know and I'll, I'll take care of it. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm a, I'm a dude I like a good heads up, you know, if, if, if I'm walking into a bathroom. I, I don't know if you're like me, but, but I'd like to know if something went down into that bathroom before I walked in. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that's just me. Like, people walk out, and they just think they're slick, and they just like, I got them. And, uh, and it's the worst, but I like a good heads up. And maybe you're like me, maybe not, but, uh, man, I know I'm being funny this morning. But, but spiritually, I want to give us a good heads up before we go into this. Over the next few weeks, as we're talking about the promises of God, I want to give us a spiritual heads up. All throughout your Bible, I said there's about 7,500 promises of God in there. What I want you to do is be able to connect some dots as you're reading, as you're journeying with the Lord, as you're reading these promises of God, be able to accurately and appropriately know, hey, where do these land at and, and how does this apply to my life? What you need to know is there's a few different promises of God in the Bible, and it's in your notes, but here's the first type of promise of God in your Bible. It's, it's limited promises. Everybody say limited promises. So what limited promises are, these are promises given by God, and you can write this, but you can also go back and watch it. But these are given by God to a person or a people group for a specific reason. You know, God, God does what he does, how he does it, because he's God. And so we read about that. So there are certain promises that are in the Bible that are limited for a certain people group or, or something like that. We have a few, or I have a scripture here I want to I reference this morning. It says this in the book of Acts. So after Jesus resurrected from the dead, over about 40 days, he appeared and revealed himself to people. And as he was talking with his disciples, 
It says this, while they were gathered there together in the upper room in Jerusalem, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the Father promised, which you have heard me discussed. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I show you this to show you that, that the experience of the Holy Spirit doesn't have to, is not relegated to the city of Jerusalem. But God wanted them, and Jesus directed them, hey, you guys stay here. I'm gonna, the Father has promised the Holy Spirit, and, and, and so he's going to come to you, and he does in that way. Now, today, thank God. Thanks be to God. You know, we can experience the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit the moment that we are saved. But, but for them, right, it would be foolish if we went to Jerusalem and said, ah, man, I, I got to go to Jerusalem and, and, and receive the Holy Spirit. No, it's, it's not relegated to just that city. You understand this? Like, like the experience is not relegated to just the city. This was just God's uh, work in this moment. I, I, I preached about this a, a few weeks ago, but Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul he would use Abraham as a great example of faith. And he references something that happened in Genesis. And in Genesis, God tells Abraham, hey, look up at the, sky, at the stars in the sky. And if you can count them, man, that's how many descendants that you're going to have. That's a great example of a limited promise. That was promised to him. So I can't say, okay, God, you're going to give me uh, the, as many stars are in the sky. That's how many kids you're going to give me. That's not, that promise wasn't for me. You understand this. Like, that was limited to that time. But then we have general promises. So we have some that are given to specific people for moments and purposes. But then we have general promises. And I want to be clear. So I'm going through this. There's two categories we have. Number one is conditional. Everybody say conditional. Yeah, so I'll show you Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says this, that we're to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my mouth, in my house. Oh, food in my mouth does sound kind of good, though. All right. You can tell I'm hungry. All right. Anyway, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. It says this, and see if I will not throw open the window, or the, the windows, the floodgates of heaven. That's the Isaiah board translation. Floodgates of heaven pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is a conditional promise. And our pastor so wisely always mentions to us, this is the one place in Scripture where we are told we can test God in something. But it's a conditional promise. The promise is that God will bless, but it is if we return to him that which is his. You understand this. It's conditioned. It's if you do something, then I will do something. It's not on the, on the screens or anything, but, but another good one of this is 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will do those things if we confess our sins. There's a condition there. There are those in the Bible that we read about. And I just want you to see this. So as you're journeying with the Lord, you, you see this in a new way. And hopefully your love for him will grow even through this. Here's the second subcategory. It's the unconditional promises. It's the un this is God saying, I'm, I'm not going to do something or I'm going to do something regardless of what you do. This is what uh, I'm doing, right? And so a good example uh, of this is, is when Genesis 9, 11, God says to Noah that, man, I'm never going to destroy all life like this through flood again. It's just an absolute unconditional, like, this is going to happen. This is, not, this is something I'm just not going to do. And so all throughout our Bible, uh, we have these sort of, of promises. I think all of us, 
Uh, we, we want uh, security. Today, that's where I want to land today. I want to talk to you about the promise of security. We all want security. I remember in, in school, it was, they told us about this guy named Abraham Maslow. In 1943, he wrote this, this paper. You could put it up here. And, and he, he said that, man, that, that as we journey through life, we make decisions and choices based off of physiological and psychological uh, things in our life. And, and, and we need certain things. And they raise, range from the most basic things to, to the highest, most complex things. And, and so we need for air, food, water, all these things. But that second level, we all want to feel Secure. We all want to have this sense of security. We all want to be safe, which is one level, but deeper than that, we all want to be secure. If you Google ADT, the home, the home security system, they, their net worth is $5.8 billion. That tells me somebody cares about their, their security, right? And a lot of these things that we have, a lot of these measures in our life are built for our safety. But deeper than that, the, the real thing we want is that security. When you came in this morning, I, I don't know anybody that said that, you know, I'll just leave the windows down as I go into church for an hour. And, and I'll keep my, my, my doors unlocked and all my, all my stuff, all my valuables, all of this stuff will be secure. It, it'll be fine. Let's just go, right? Like, no, nobody does that. Look, right now, everyone's thinking, wait, did I lock the car? Did I? <laughs> Some wife is like, hey, honey, I knew it. But that's the reality, right? Like, we want things to be things that we value, things that we hold dear. We want that security, right? All of us, when you go to bed tonight, you're not going to say, yeah, let's open the doors, you know, and this, yeah, man, we'll be good. No, like, we want not only safety deeper than that, we want security. Life is insecure a lot of times. Life sometimes is is unstable and insecure. Man, gas prices go here, there, and everywhere. All of us, we face times where life just feels like it's on, on a little bit of a tilt, on a little bit of a rocker. There are times in our life that maybe you've received one of these, but sometimes you can get one call and it could shatter your whole life. It could shadow and shadow, shatter you and crumble where you are in life. Life sometimes is can be rocky, it can be difficult. Parents in the room, you may go through a phase or phases where your student, your young person feels so far from you and it feels like you, they couldn't get farther from you and they, they've changed, people change. Life sometimes can get you in a rocky place, make you feel like, man, things are insecure. And all of us, here's the deal, this is true. All of us, we do something to cope with this. I don't know for you what it is. I don't know if it's like excessive worrying and when life feels like it's, it's unstable, it's insecure, you, you start to just worry and run all the scenarios over and over and over in your head. I don't know if it's that. I mean, maybe you have a, a relationship that you jump into or maybe a habit that you jump into or something like that that, that helps you feel secure. But we all do something because life has this way of throwing insecurity at us. Luckily for us, I think God's word has something to say about this. And I, I don't think God leaves us in the dark on this. I think God wants to have us to have hope uh, and security. And so it's here for your notes that I'll just say this. I believe that God offers us the promise of security. I, I know we want to be safe, but deeper than that, it's, it's way deeper. It's way bigger than that. It's, it's security. And I believe that God offers us the promise of security. That, that, that you may not always be safe, but in him you can be secure. Secure in his 
love and his faithfulness and his goodness. And we sang that today. Great is your faithfulness to us. I think God wants us to live in that place. Here's the question for us today. The question is, is, is your life secure? Is, is he that which is God, that, that true sense of security? Is that where you throw all of your doubts and your fears and your questions and your worries and your insecurity? Or would you say sitting here right now, your life is characterized by insecurity and instability? We'll discover this today. I think there's a few things that, that God does for us to give us that promise of security. Here's the first thing. The first thing is that God provides. It's in your notes. That he provides. Somebody say amen. You don't even know why you're saying amen, but I'm going to get you there. It's all right. Second book of your Bible. We're going to go there today. I feel like jaywalking the Bible a little bit. You know what jaywalking is. It's just, I'm going to break a couple of rules. Anyway, it's going to be fun. I'll take you to second book of your Bible. Let me set the scene so you understand what's going on. The people of Israel had been in Egyptian slavery and captivity for a long time. Somebody say a long time. Been there for a long time. It's not been good, but God in his infinite grace and mercy and favor raises up among them a leader named Moses. Everybody say Moses. That's how Jesus sounded, or God sounded when he was in the burning book. I don't know. But anyway, he raises up from within them a leader named Moses. He leads them out by God's providential hand and God's wisdom and God's guidance. He leads them out of that place. And then something happens. They get hungry. And how many know when you get hungry, you're a little bit of a different person? I know about me. I'm, I, that's just how it is. Don't talk to me crazy. Don't just give me my food because I'm So they get crazy. They start tripping a little bit. They start grumbling and complaining. Here's what they say, like, God, did, did, did God bring us out of all that slavery and all that torture, all that messed up stuff just to let us die here? And certainly not. God would not do that. But when you get hungry, you start tripping. And they were tripping. They're like, what is going on? God says to Moses, listen, I'm going to provide for them. He gives them some instructions. And then we pick up Exodus 16. It says this, that evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And when they measured it by the omers, a measurement of the day, about three pounds, says the one who gathered much, they didn't have too much. The one who gathered little didn't have too little. Check this out. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. God provided for the Israelites in this time. He provided that which they needed. As you examine the scriptures even more, Exodus chapter uh, 16 verse 31 says that, that this manna was like, it was like uh, sweet, like honey. Book of Numbers chapter 11 says this, that it, was, it, was, it could be prepared with like, it could be boiled or baked and prepared with oil. And this, this was provision for them. And it's crazy because I highlighted just a few words. And I want you to see this. Actually, before that, show me this slide. God, God promises or God's provision is security for us. Let's put that up. I want to make sure you go in order in your notes. God's provision is security to us. Now, I highlighted a few words because this is where I want to get you. I want you to see this. And there's, by the way, many uh, stories and many, many movements of God where he provides the right thing at the right time to the right people. And it's, it's incredible. But I want you to see this. They did not know what it was. They did not know what it was. Watch this. 
God provided for them, and they didn't even know what it was. God gave them that which they needed, and they didn't even expect it. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because I think so many times God provides for us, and that provision is security for us, but oftentimes we don't see it. Oftentimes, God is so good. God is so smooth. He provides our everyday needs so much sometimes we don't even know. It just flies over our radar, but God's a God that says, listen, I will provide for you, and sometimes you don't even feel it. Sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes God lets people walk out of your life, and you wonder, where are they going? But God's providing for you. Sometimes we're praying about things. God, would you help me in this? God, would you do this thing? God, would you change this? And then somebody walks out, or a plan fails, or we go through hurt, and we're like, what is going on? And God's saying, I've provided for you. So when people walk out your life or when a plan fails or when hurts happen, sometimes it's worth saying, okay, God, maybe, just maybe, you're providing and I'm not recognizing it. Does this make sense to you? But this is the type of God that we serve, that this is how his security comes to us. I, I love this. I, I had to put this into, in, in the notes today. There's an old hymn that, that was written in 1923, and, and that hymn is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Matter of fact, we sang just a little bit about it today. I wonder if you know this song. It's great to us. It says, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Check it out. How much did I need it? Come on, one more time. How much did I need? All that I needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Oh, I love this because what it says is that God promises us security because he is a provider for us. That all that we could ever need is found in him. Our true sense of security comes not from what I worry about, not from how good I look, how much money's in my bank account, how solid I feel on my future. My true sense of security comes from the fact that God is a provider. Can I hear a good amen? Ooh, I love this. Okay, so I don't have like a big testimony as it relates to money where it's like, man, I, I prayed and I went to my mailbox and there was a million dollar check right there. <laughs> I grew up watching televangelists talk about that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And if that's happened to you, let a brother know how I, got, how I can do that. <laughs> but what I am saying is for me, this is just for me. En español, para mí, en mi opinión, en mi vida, hey, in my life, my biggest testament of giving has been that God's always provided what I needed. I think so much of our insecurity comes from what we feel like we don't have, where we feel like we're not enough or we are inadequate. But God is a provider. And it's very hard to work with what you don't have, but God can work with what you do have. Friends, there's so many scriptures in the Bible where it talks about how Jesus took just a little bit of something and made it into more because he's a provider like that. And so much of our insecurity comes from I'm not from the right family. I don't have enough money. I don't have the right qualifications. My kids aren't, don't fit this mold. So much of our security comes from those things. But maybe, just maybe, I'm here to remind you that God is a provider and he gives us everything that we need. I love this scripture because it said the person that gathered a lot, they didn't have too much. The person that just needed a little bit, they didn't have too little. They had everything that you need. Can I encourage you, friend, no matter where you feel like you're at today, you have everything you need. This is why we can have security in God because he is a 
provider. I got to give you this. Lamentations, Jeremiah says this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So when you wake up tomorrow morning, Monday, whatever the date is tomorrow, 17th, when you wake up tomorrow, you can trust and believe God has provided everything that you need to make it through tomorrow. So that board meeting that you're worried about and you're not secure about, he's got you. That conversation that you need to have, he's got you. That bill this week that comes and you're like, I don't know how this is working, he's got you because he is a provider. If he's ever provided for you, could you just say amen right there? God's not just a provider. and He doesn't just do that, and I think that's incredible, but he's also present. We find security in God. Why? Because he is present. I told you we're jaywalking today, so we'll take you to the book of Matthew. Matthew 28, it's, it's at the end. Jesus is about to leave earth. He's resurrected just like he said he would, and then he gives what we call in church like the, the great commission. This is what you're supposed to do. This is, these are my marching orders to you. And I love this. There's so much in it. And for the sake of time, we'll just read just the, that last half. There's so much power in it. And it says this, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always. Give me some volume. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Family, what I want you to see today is that God is with us personally. You might need to write that down. God is with me. He said, I am with you. And then he's also with us permanently. What is he saying? I am with you permanently, even to the end of the, or I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. In other words, we could say this, God's presence is security to us. Oh, the fact that he is with you, that should bring us some sense of security. We need not worry or fret or doubt or question because he says, guess what? I am with you. And I love that about God. This is, this is powerful. I think it's the trick of the enemy that he gets us to feel isolated or alone or like I'm the only one or, man, nobody else could possibly be going through this. But I think that's a lie of the enemy because God says that I'm with you. Always. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you always. Like, it doesn't matter where you go. I'm with you. When you feel like the roller coaster or the ride of life is awesome and amazing and nothing could go wrong, he's with you. When you feel like you just want to jump off the roller coaster or jump off the ride of life, he's with you. When you feel like I'm on a little bit of shaky ground, I'm on a little bit of unstable or insecure ground, God would say this, listen, I am with you. This refrain is all throughout the Bible. It's just littered all throughout the scriptures. God would say to people and, and people groups that I am with you. That is, that's an un unconditional promise that he is, he's with us. That's a fact that he is with us. We just got out of a, a, a message series on Romans. It was written by Paul. Paul has an interesting journey, but an awesome journey. And, and so many of us were blessed by that message series. But there comes a point in the life of Paul, Acts chapter 18, we won't read it today, but Acts chapter 18, there comes a point where people are being abusive towards him. The going gets tough for him. Great apostle, great leader, great man of God, but things get tough for him. But Acts chapter 18, I love this, that he goes to the house at night and the word of the Lord comes to him and says, keep on speaking because I am with you. And that's everywhere. So maybe you feel like the going's getting tough today. 
Maybe you barely came in here. You're here on your last strike with God. You're like, God, I'm giving you one more time. Maybe you just need to know God is with you. David said it like this. Check this out. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Now hold this here. All of us, when the instability of life comes, when I'm not getting the results I want, when when life feels like it's just on a little bit of a till, I'm on a little bit of shaky ground. All of us, we go somewhere. We do something. And, and you have your unique habits and patterns and things that we all run to something. And I don't know, again, it could be a relationship. It could be a person. It could be a habit. It could be a thing. It, whatever it is, we all go to something. Here's my question. Do you run to God, our true sense of security, knowing that he is our refuge and our strength. This is David. He says, listen, he's a refuge. And then, I love this, he's an ever-present help in trouble. So in other words, it's not like he just wants to help you, but he's not there. Or he just has a good attitude and he'll give you everything he's got, but he's just, he's, he's far off. No, he said that he's an ever-present, that's why I highlighted it. He's an ever-present help in trouble. You look this word up in, in trouble, uh, in, in the uh, trouble, in the uh, Hebrew. It blew my mind this week as I saw it because it, it means, this word in Hebrew just means a tight, a narrow, a, a confined space. And in modern day English, we probably say like, I'm hanging in there or I'm in, a, I'm in a tight spot. Maybe you came in here and you're on a tight spot. I just want to let you know God is with you. Maybe you feel like, man, I, it feels like the walls of insecurity, the walls of, of, of the instability of life are, are pressing and crushing and pushing me to a tight spot. David would say, that, that spot's not too tight. God can still, still get in there, and he is with you. This reminds me of, 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 of a couple weeks ago. I got invited to be a, a camp speaker at a youth camp, and then that weekend preach at their weekend service. And, and, uh, and I will tell you this. I'll be honest. Like most times when I know that I'm going to be communicating, most times I have a reasonable amount of, of confidence, and I know I look good, so I'm like, hey, it's going to go well just because I'm just kidding. I don't know. But you know, I know I got a big smile. I'm like, okay, we'll win some people over with that, and I'm a little bit funny. Maybe it'll be all right. You know, so I have a reasonable amount of, of, of confidence. But you know if you've ever presented anything, some of it you you just don't know. Like, you just, all right, Lord, we'll see what happens. And I try to study, and I try to pray and, and prep and all of those things. But a couple of weeks ago, as I got this invite, and I was headed up there, literally on the plane, I, I don't know what hit me, but it felt like just like a wave of just like insecurity and inadequacy. I just, why they invite me? Should I even do this? Like, I don't even... Uh, and it, it, it was crazy. It was unlike never before. And, and then that's when you really start tripping. Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit the cockpit. I'm going to tell them to turn this thing around. I'm not even going. Like, they don't even need to know. Like, you know, you start tripping. And then you start, there's no way they're going to let me in there. But I was just, you know, I was just, I was hurting, y'all. I was hurting. But I tell you that to tell you that I felt like as soon as I was just feeling this consistent wave of this, these, these emotions, I felt like this verse came immediately to my mind that I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Now, does that always happen to me? No. Am I the most perfect Christian? No. But I am saying I felt like God really spoke that. And as a communicator, I love when I feel like God drops something on me before it even gets out there because I'm preaching from a place where I feel it. And I really felt that these last couple of weeks. I felt like God was just saying, I am with you. I just began to say that to my own self. Okay, Isaiah, God is with you. 
God is with you. It doesn't matter how you feel. God is with you. And maybe you need to say that to yourself today as you leave these doors. You're waiting something on the other side that you don't want to face, something on the other side that's causing you instability and doubts and worries. But you might need to say today, God, you are with me. I don't know about you, but to me, that gives me great hope, promise of security, that he's a providing God. He provides, and he's present. But check this out. He's also patient. I love this about God because sometimes I'm not patient. <laughs> but when you follow him, you start to learn, hey, what, is it, what does it mean to be patient? We'll stay in the book of Psalms 103. David has started to recount Israel's history coming from uh, Exodus chapter 34. He talks about previous to these verses that we're going to read about how there's some very true attributes and characteristics of God, that he is a just and a righteous God. But as much as that's real, he's also a God that is, that is compassionate. Verse 8, he says this, that the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Watch this, slow to anger. I think many of us, when hit by the insecurity of life, we're quick to anger. Quick to, why is this happening? Quick to pop off on somebody, as the kids would say. <laughs> like, some of us, this is who we are. But God's not like that. He is slow to anger, abounding in love. I love this, that he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Check this out. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Can someone say amen right there? Because we've all done some stuff, and we're deserving of some harsh penalties, but God doesn't always do He doesn't treat us like that. He's patient. Oh, I love that about God. And I got stuff too. So never think that the person on the platform is better than you because we all got stuff. All right, let me leave it alone. Okay. He says this. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. God is a patient God. In his character, it's long-suffering. Yes, can he bring down the hammer of justice? Absolutely. And all throughout Scripture, do we see him do that sometimes? Absolutely. But also what is true is that he's a compassionate God, and he's slow to anger. And when you have turned your back on him, he's still okay. You know what you're saying when you're patient with somebody? What you're telling them is everything's going to be okay. That you might be slow, but you're worth waiting on. <laughs> Somebody's going to get that next week. But when you say, when you're patient with someone, that's what you're telling them. You're telling them that, listen, everything's going to be all right. I'll wait for you. It's okay. I'm right here. And that's how God is with us. 2019, I made a decision. I said, you know, I, I just had this overwhelming desire to to be able to speak Spanish and, and preach to people that don't speak English. And we're in Florida, and so I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm going to learn Spanish so that way I can preach to people that don't speak English. So I went on this journey, and I've had many tutors and, and many friends that have helped me along the way. And the crazy thing about Spanish, depending on what country, you know, you say something that's out of contact, then they throw apples at me. Come on, man. I'm black. I don't know this. I'm just trying to learn Spanish. <laughs> So as I went on in this process, I made a lot of mistakes and still do make a lot of mistakes. But you know what's kept me? It's been tutors and people and friends that have been patient with me. That when I've messed up, they're like, hey, it's all good. Keep going. They say that it's the teacher that makes the difference, not the classroom. All the teachers said, amen. 
all the parents that love our teachers, that teach our kids, we said, amen. And it's so true, right? Like, there's a lot of characteristics and attributes that a teacher should have. Man, they should be fun, man. Be able to take a boring subject, make it fun. That's awesome. And the teacher can do that. It should be professional, you know, that we don't want them, you know, looking frumpy. We want them to show up professional. We want them to know their stuff. All of those things. But I think even above those things, a teacher should be patient. Because there's moments where it's like, Things aren't the best. Then they're not getting it, or they're 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 too hyper. They're too crazy. All the, all those things, right? Because what good is it if a teacher's fun and knows their stuff and professional, but at the drop of a hat, man, they just turn their back. I forget it. Not so with God, friends. In a greater, deeper, higher way, this is how God is with us. We can have great security in Him because He's patient. Here it is for your notes. God's patience is security for us. Some of us are insecure because we feel like, man, I've gone too far. I've, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. I'm, I'm way out of God's scope and reach to save me. Man, Pastor Isaiah, you have no idea. And you're right, I don't, but God does. And he's patient with us. That he provides. That he's present. That he's patient with each and every one of us. This morning, here's how I want to conclude. I want to conclude with giving you a challenge. It's a challenge that I learned when I was little. If you're on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. So this morning, I want you to take that home. Write this in your notes. Here's our, here's our, here's our, our challenge for the week. Stop. Whatever it is that you have your security in, whatever it is that you're tempted to grab onto or hold onto for your sense of security in this life, the best you can this week, stop. Catch yourself in the act and stop. Whatever that is, running to that thing, relying on that person, leaning too heavily on something, the best you can this week, stop. Here's the second one, drop. So, so much of the promises of God, I'll say it like this, like it's about us taking these promises with who we are and laying them at the feet of Jesus and saying, God, listen, on my own, I don't have enough, but you promised these things. And so I'm asking you to do what only you can do because there's a part that you got to play, God. I'm going I'm to do my part. I'm going to try to stop uh, putting my faith, my trust, my hope, and my, my security and all these other things. I'm going to try to stop that, but I'm going to bring all of that to your feet. I'm going to drop it there. And I'm asking you to be the God of your promise, and he will because the song says he is a promise keeper. We can trust in him. We can trust in him because his character speaks for itself all throughout the pages of your Bible. It's a walking resume, what he can do. And he has the character to back it up. So drop it there. And then roll. Maybe not physically, but you keep rolling through life. You keep rolling through those obstacles. You keep rolling through those pitfalls and those things that seem to give you trouble. Why? Because he's providing everything that you need every single day, every step of the way, every minute that you walk into and you're like, man, I don't even know how this is going to go. He is with you. He's providing and he's present and he's patient at the end of the day. What a good God we serve. Just came to encourage you. So stop it myself stop it drop it at the feet of Jesus and then you keep rolling because his promises still stand great is his faithfulness 
all of this room bow your heads I want to pray for us that this word this message wouldn't just be in one ear out the other onto the, all the stuff I have for today oh but it would take root in your life this week that you would You'd wrestle with it. Figure out, man, how does this apply? As you read the promises of God, you delineate between, okay, what, what maybe isn't for me, but God, what is for me? And there's so much in there for you.